0: Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to March. Today is March first, two thousand twenty-three. Um, I'm going to review my February hundred-mile races. I had two. I had Rocky Raccoon hundred-miler in Texas, and this past weekend I had uh, Run Lovett hundred-miler in Arkansas. So I thought it'd be a good idea to review them both. They were in the same month, not far apart. I talked a little bit about Rocky Raccoon and some of my fitness videos, but I'm going to go over it a little bit more so you understand what the race is about. And and, and if you ever want to do the race, you'll know what, what to expect. <clears throat> so Rocky Raccoon it takes place in Huntsville, Texas. Uh, it's about three hours from Austin where I live. It's pretty convenient. I've run the race three times. The first time I just made it 100K. And the uh, second time I finished the 100 miler. And then uh, this year I also finished. So the going into the race, um, I wore uh, my, my wool pants and some of my typical winter gear. I have a pre-race video if you're interested in details on what I wore for that race, actually for both races, please check out those pre-race videos. But my gear was a good choice. Uh, you know, we're looking at five laps. I'll show you the map here. So it goes around the lake. So the start is here in the middle. It kind of loops around. goes all the way around. It's a 20-mile loop. So you're looking at five 20-mile loops. What makes this race challenging is, um, well, there's some things that make it challenging, some things that make it pretty good for an entry-level 100-miler. Challenges are it's in. It can be very cold, especially at night, and during the day it can be very hot. Another challenge is because this uh, course is fairly flat. I think it's about five, six thousand feet of gain and loss on the course. Um, people ru- start running the. They they take off too fast in the race and they wear themselves out. But if you pace yourself uh, evenly, somewhat evenly, because you're going to degrade, and you can deal with the weather because you're looking at. A cold start, hot during the day, and then at night it gets cold. And then if you finish the next morning, it's going to get hot again. And that's exactly what happened this year to me. So the first few laps were somewhat uneventful. But in the third lap, um, the heat started to affect me. And uh, even though I'm a high heat runner, I live in Texas, um, the clothes that I had on were borderline whether or not I could wear them in that heat but i did find i um i for uh new, you know caffeine i i really upgraded my usage of caffeine this year in my hundreds you know i'm using the um the goo um this is the espresso loves the flavor but it has salt and caffeine and i'm also using the cliff blocks which i've talked about i use some with caffeine with not and then um I carry coffee packets and that's really been critical to my success in my last few hundreds i used caffeine before but i'm using more now and uh i find that it you know i I drink a lot of coffee all the time anyways but upgrading the amount of caffeine has helped me a lot so i struggled uh the third lap the fourth lap uh was at night i got cold again i felt okay I just tried to keep the time that I had banked, and then going into the fifth and final lap, um, I had a lot of the morning, which got very hot. And um, mentally, I was not doing such a, so good. Uh, you know, mental strength is so important in finishing 100-milers. And I, at one point, I remember I was only 15, 10 or 15 miles from the finish, but I was doing calculations, and I wasn't. I thought I was not going to make the 30 hour cutoff for the Western States qualifier. Um, you actually have 32 hours to finish the race, but I needed sub 30 to qualify for Western States again, which is my fourth year qualifying. And, uh, it turns out that my math was all messed up because I, I got to, I got depressed about it, but I took out my hiking poles and I really pushed hard and, uh, Ended up finishing the. I mean, I really pushed hard the last six miles because from the the uh, last aid station uh, to the start finish line is about um, six miles. It's one of the longest uh, uh, segments and it's a lot of single track. It's uh, also got some exposed area, so it was hot. But I really pushed really hard and I really. My spirits got better when I got to a point where I knew a certain turn was only a mile and a half from the finish, and uh, I also started to realize that I was going to make the thirty hours. And I ended up finishing in twenty nine hours and five minutes. Um, if I wouldn't have gotten down on myself and spent extra time at the age stage, the last aid station, I probably would have went sub twenty nine. But this goes to show you that when you get tired and You know, you start to hallucinate a little bit and uh, your mind can play games with you because, I mean, I was only talking five, six miles. I don't know why I couldn't do the calculations, but in my mind, I was way over the cutoff, but actually I wasn't. Rocky Raccoon went well for me, I think also due to the fact that I run it three times. I knew what to expect. And then I had my why, you know, you should always have your why while you're running a certain race. And my why was I needed to qualify for Western States. I, I, now, I do have more races this year that could also qualify me, but I just wanted to get that out of the way. So um, I was happy, and I finished. It, the, the race beat me up pretty good because of the, the you know, previous years it was kind of cold most of the race. It was a little bit of heat but this year it was pretty rough because it went cold and hot and cold and hot. And, uh, I mean, we're talking pretty big swings, 20, 30 degrees difference in temperature. So it was challenging, but, um, that's it for Rocky Raccoon. It went well for me. I'll remove that. Now let's talk about run. Love it, which was this last weekend. This is a race which takes place. And, uh, Near Hot Springs, Arkansas, an area called Mount Ida. And uh, Lake Wachita National Forest, huge, goes for hundreds of miles. You'll see when I pull up the map. Some very rural areas. I ran this race last year, and I made it to the 100K mark. Um, what makes this race tough, at least it does for me, is it starts at night. I knew that going into this year. I mean, it's not an excuse, um, but I struggle with night races I mean I've done 100k that started at night I finished it and I know I had challenges in that race why is it a challenge for me because I get a five o'clock every day you know even this year I went to sleep purposely at eight o'clock thinking I will sleep late I slept till six in the morning I just can't sleep late it's just my culture or habit whatever you want to call it I mean I'm, I'm a person that goes to sleep at 10 10 thirty every night so night races and especially night races that are going to take me 30 to 34 hours in this race, you get 34 hours. I mean, I was going to target 30 hours, but when you've been up all day and then you got to run 30 hours, that makes it pretty tough, especially on a very mountainous course like this. Um, this course probably has sixteen, seventeen thousand 17,000 feet of elevation. I mean, I covered, I think 9,065 miles and the weather is off. usually, I think awful is a strong word, but it's just challenging beyond your imagination. Uh, last year, it was cold, and then right after we pulled out of the race, it started sleeting on the runners. And uh, it was the first time I ever got a slight case of hypothermia, and I was prepared for it. So going into this race, uh, this year, I had extra gear. I uh, changed to all craft kit. Um, And things looked really promising because last year it was in the 30s. This year they said low of 40, high of 50. Okay. That's perfect conditions. Okay. But as you know, the weather people, they just, I don't know what it is about the weather business. If I ever meet a weather forecaster, I've got a lot of questions for them because the tolerance on what they're giving us is very big. I mean. I remember when my kids, you know, it was supposed to snow in January, four days in a row, when it never, no snow at all landed on the ground. Uh, but anyways, that's what happened in this race. It's supposed to be low of 40, high of 50 during the day. Perfect, right? No rain. It rained before. Well, it rained all night long. And the high was 40. Our 41, it sure felt a lot colder than that and very strong winds. We're talking probably 15 mile an hour winds at least. I don't have an exact number, but that's what it felt like. So the race started. Um, I got off to a good pace, ran up the Hickory Mountain, which is the first four miles. I'll bring up the map here. You can see this is a very mountainous area. So on the north of here is Lake Ochita. So if you can see my mouse, I'm on the very top far left of the screen that's the start finish so you go out you climb this hickory mountain which is pretty much straight up and you get to the first aid station around four miles so you finished hickory mountain i felt real good on that and i ran it much faster uh than last year i will say that the whole course i ran one hour faster so I finished 65 miles, 100K, so I basically ran every mile a minute faster. So I did very well this year, but not well enough to continue to finish the race, and I'll go into that more detail. So the race, after you get to this aid station, it goes out and goes all the way out along the lake. There's three aid stations in this this segment. It goes all the way out to this far east, and uh, then you take it all the way back. It's an out and back all the way back up to that Hickory mountain aid station. So when you make it, when you've gone that far, you've done 32 miles, rolling hills. And uh, this this course, I don't know the number of water crossings, but it's gotta be more than 25. And they were all higher than normal. There were no rocks to cross. So every time you crossed a water crossing, you were at least in a foot of water, so totally soaked. And the water was cold. You know, I've never experienced that before. I mean, last year I got my feet wet a couple times, but I was able to avoid the water. And uh, after the, as the race went on, I didn't care anymore because I crossed water so much. And surprisingly, my speed goats dried out really fast. I think the design is very good. i bet got speed go fives and my Ingenji socks. Usually after only a hundred yards, I felt like my feet weren't wet anymore. It was really bizarre. So what I learned from that is don't worry about the water. In the future, I'll just run down the trail. But, you know, this first 30 miles, I mean, imagine imagine running up hills and the trail is actually the stream. That's what it felt like. It was raining, but it wasn't raining real hard because it has a very, in that area, it has a spruce and, you know, pine trees. So it was blocking the rain, but you know it's raining because it's getting to the ground. So, you're not very wet. I mean, I'm not, that wasn't a problem. But what was a problem is that the whole ground, and keep in mind that it's dark. And I've got a very powerful light. I was using my handheld, and then eventually I switched over to my new um, 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 Black Diamond uh, um, 700 series, which I'll be doing a review on. This thing worked really well for me. But um, beginning the race, I think the first 20 miles, I used my Nathan handheld so I could really keep keep the light on the ground, and it's almost like black ice, you know, it's like a sheen on the ground, you're trying to pick up when, are we talking about a half inch of water, are we talking about uh, enough water to post hole into the mud, and so for the first 10, 15 miles, I think I was always running on the edge of the trail thinking that I was going to keep my feet drier. That turns out, I mean, that that, uh, lesson learned from that is just run down the the center of the trail. That's what a lot of people are doing and that's really the best way to do it because the trail shoes are really well, uh, designed well to drain. Your feet are just gonna get wet. You're not gonna avoid it. But but that's what was going on. All the trails going uphill were actually a, a small stream. So it was kind of aggravating, you know, I I tell myself, you know, during the middle of the night when it got cold and dealing with the rain all night, you're talking to yourself like, it's not supposed to rain. When is it going to stop? And it never stopped. I mean, it might stop for like 10, 15 minutes, but the trail is soaking and it's still running water. So you kind of play it. The mental, the mental strength game is tough in this race. There were many times where I was telling myself, you know, why am I doing this? You know, I remember even asking myself last year, you know, it's just such a tough course and starting at night, you know, I knew the course. I remembered most of the course from last year, but dealing with the rain all night and it was probably close to 40 degrees. I didn't feel too cold in the beginning of the race. I say the first 30, 35 miles because my pace is a little bit faster. And, uh, but my feet were, you know, they were always wet. They didn't feel soaked, but they were wet. And, uh, then the, you know, after you leave Hicking Mountain, you jog down this, mostly a fire road. Um, it's actually a nice part, part of the course because it's mostly downhill and it's on a fire road. So you're not getting beat up by all the rocks and roots on the trails. And then you get to a point where there's this jog. You, you can see this part of the course that goes down. Well, it's a place called Pipe Springs. And this little section here that goes down is like two and a half miles. And it's like the longest two and a half miles of your life. It's called Charlton. And you have to do that section twice. Uh, once on the way out and once on the way back. And it, you're going up, you're, you're climbing the first probably mile and a half up these trail that's narrow and you know it's two in the morning three in the morning by that time so you're a little bit you know at least for me my eyes are a little bit uh, hazy even though i got lights and i'm loaded with caffeine i'll you know i'm kicking rocks getting aggravated a little bit because my toes hurt i keep kicking rocks i keep telling myself pick up your feet you know better but you know when you get when you're in an ultra and you get past 30 miles your just feet just don't pick up like they used to but anyways you get up this ridge and then you go down to the ridge you're kind of excited when you get to the top of the ridge because you know down there's a pretty nice aid station on the bottom here called charlton but when you get to the top of the ridge it's like this trail snakes back and forth you can't hardly see it here i can't really blow it up but it snakes back and forth and it's a there's some very dangerous exposure going down the trail. So you got to be very careful. And it's raining. It won't stop raining. And the trail is a foot and a half wide, maybe. And if I fall off to the left, I'm going to slide down that mountain for probably 50 to 100 feet. So I have to be very careful. I have my hiking poles out. Made it all the way down there. Got some. Got some food, that's an excellent aid station. I would say that about the whole race. The race director and the aid station is top notch. This is, it's a really tough course, aggravating course. Um, but and beautiful, it's a beautiful during the day, but you just can't see it at night. You just know what it's, you know what's there. Some of these sections just probably good at it, it's at night, it'd probably scare you if you saw what you are going through. This Charlton section, I think most people, except for the pros always run it at night because when you come back, it's gonna be dark too. But there's a lot of exposure on this little section here, so made it back up. And then you cross the street, you cross the the jeep road at Pipe Springs again, and then I'm going north here. You can see, I don't know if you see my mouse, mouse, but I'm going towards the lake to Crystal Springs. And when you get to Crystal Springs, I mean, there's just a ton of of water crossings, and some of them were two feet, two and a half feet deep in some places. You know, pretty rough water. You had to find the right place to cross, but like I said before, I no longer was caring about stepping on rocks because in most cases there weren't any, I just ran across the stream. I just got, I've learned, I've learned and I've learned that's a lesson for future races too, That it's not going to affect me very much. I'm not kidding. I crossed at least 25 streams and got my feet wet. And then a lot of times I was post hauling in the mud, but the nice thing was you'd cross a stream and then you get completely, your shoes would be completely washed again. But I did get some rocks. Um, I didn't wear gaiters with my speed goats because, you know, wearing gaiters with hokas is always the trouble. I mean, there are some people that make gaiters for them, but I don't know. It's nothing like ultras. Uh, that's one plus about ultras is their gator system is so excellent. But usually it doesn't cause me an issue because the, um, the throat of the shoe is so tight. I almost never get rocks in my speed goats. But there should be an asterisk on that. When you s- submerge your foot in water, all kinds of shit are going to go in your, in your shoe. And that's what happened. I was getting like little sticks and rocks and sand was getting into my shoe because I don't think gators would have stopped it anyways, Because I was submerging my foot in a river or stream, I guess you would call them. They're more like creeks and streams. There weren't really any rivers. Anyways, kept going, made it to Crystal Springs, which is a big checkpoint. Um, and I made the previous cutoffs, but I should have said Hickory Mountain. After 32 miles, I had three, I think about three hours I had a cutoff, or two, two and a half hours. That's really good. And made it to Crystal Springs, looked pretty good. And then you start getting over here into the one of the roughest sections of the, the course. And that, this long line here is called Bear Mountain. It's a, it's, a, it's a mountain ridge, which is seven miles long, and it goes up and down. It's kind of like a mountain bike type trail. At that point, you've done almost 50 miles, so or are in the high 40s, so you're pretty beat up. Um, it rained the whole time across that mountain, and it got really cold. I think, I think it got cold because the wind exposure off the lake, the lake effect, Cause you're right above the lake. And, uh, it was early morning. It was probably, uh, uh, six, seven in the morning. And so all the variables made it cold. Plus I was running slower. So I felt colder and it took forever to get across there. And then once I got across there, I knew my legs were really, my, my feet felt like they had a lot of blisters on them. But at the end of the race, what turned out was they were just white. You know, you know how you like when you get waterlogged, the skin gets very white. That happened to me once before Arkansas Traveler when I was in rain all day long. It's surprising after all those river crossing and post hulling all day for 21 hours, I didn't get any blisters. That's we using in socks and Goat fives. I did have a blood blister on the front of one of my toes just from kicking rocks, but my feet were solid white on the bottom, but I didn't have any blisters. Now, it felt like I had some blisters, but I didn't. That's what turned out. But my legs were legs were just beat, beat, really beat up, really heavy. Um. So made it to this aid station here. Um, it um, after Bear Mountain, and at that point, I knew that I was only going to finish two hundred k. To get credit for 100K, one cool thing that, I mean, this race director is just an awesome, him and his wife are awesome, and they um, do a great job of the race. And they tell you before the race even starts that if you make it to the 100K, they will change your registration to 100K and give you a 100K finish. I don't know any race directors that will do that except for these, these people. And they're, him and his wife are just awesome. I think they do that because they know how hard the race is and they want you to leave with something. But the nice thing is you get a 100K finish, you get a 100K buckle, and it shows up on Ultra Sign Up as a 100K finish, even though you pay for a 100-miler. So it's really, really nice of them to do that. But at this point, I knew that I, I was at the same situation as last year, even though I had a lot better time. Because when I made it to the 100K spot last year, I was at almost at cutoff. When I made it to 100K um, at the dam, the cutoff, it's about 60, it's 65 miles, actually. Once you make it to the dam, you can you can you can drop out of the race and get the hundred k credit. I was more than an hour ahead of cutoff. So, if I wouldn't have, you know, dragged my ass so much on Bear Mountain, I could have made it to cutoff. You know, two hours. I had I had uh, two two and a half hours, and if if I if my feet, not my feet, but my legs felt a little bit better, I, I might have been able to, you know, keep going, but. My body, you know, I've done enough of these hundreds. I I knew my I knew my body. I'm um, gonna turn off the map. I've done enough of these hundreds to know that my body I could have probably gone a little bit further, but I don't. I I give myself maybe five percent chance of making the 82 mile cutoff, which was 9 p.m. And I didn't want to go through that uh, aggravating weather for another three or four hours to try to make that cutoff because if I could have made the 82 mile cutoff, then, um, that's the last cutoff. If if you can get past that, they will let you finish the race. If you don't make 34 hours, they'll give you a buckle, but they won't give you official finish. But I really thought that I could not keep up the pace enough to meet the cutoff and my mental strength was not good enough. I just, the rain and maybe being up so long, I didn't really feel tired, but I'd been up, um, 30 hours already. Um, yeah, because I finished in 21 hours and I'd been up, you know, yeah, at least 30 hours. I didn't feel tired, but uh, my body just was not going to have it. My legs were feeling very heavy. You know, maybe just lactic acid just build up was way too much. And uh, I wasn't sure about my feet, but it turns out my feet were fine. But I just didn't have time. You know, I tell you in this race that actually both Arkansas races are master's level races, and they don't mean that by age. They mean that by difficulty. And it's very true. Arkansas Traveler took me two times to finish. and This one, I don't think I'm going to go back. There's just too many races I want to finish. But um, I did improve quite a bit the previous year, but I, st- I just don't have the ability to finish um, Love It 100 yet. Uh, maybe after a few years, but I'm just not fast enough. You know, there's only 50 runners in this race, and most of them have uh, are much much faster than me. And uh, you know, this it just, it just, this race has got my number. You know, I I did it quite a bit faster this year, but still, I really need to be into that cutoff, maybe two or three hours ahead of two or three hours ahead of cutoff to make the make the finish in this race, in my opinion because I know how my body degrades in the last 30 miles. Uh, One another great learning from this race was, and it will help me in my next race is all of my skiing. All of my skiing that I do, you know, I did ski marathon. I got a ski EOG in my in my garage. It's really helped me build up my traps and my strength for the using my trekking poles. In this race, I probably use my trekking poles 35 miles. That's the longest I've ever used them before, maybe 10, 15 miles. Um, in my next race, which is Cruel Jewel, which is the toughest ultra, one of the toughest ultras in the US, it's in May. So I have a couple months to train for it. Um, I'm going to do a video about my training for that one. But in that race, I might be using my trekking poles the whole race. So, um, so I'm very, very happy how it went using my trekking poles because I'm not kidding. I used my, my trekking pulse for maybe 35 miles and the next day I didn't feel any soreness at all. So my, you know, your traps and your shoulders and everything are such big muscles and uh, it really can take a take a big beating. So that was very promising. So I really plan to expand my use of my ski machine, especially going into my uh, Cruel Jewel, which is 36,000, I think 30 or four or 36,000 feet of elevation. Uh, that's in northern Georgia. Stay tuned. I'm going to do a video on that in the next couple of days to kick off my crucial training block. But, um, I was happy. I was happy uh, with my performance at Lovett, even though I didn't finish the 100 miler. So that, that's my learnings. That's that's what happened. You know One thing I didn't say about Lovett is during the middle of the night, the fog was so strong that it was like being in a cloud. It felt like you were in the clouds. I could literally only see a few feet in front of me. So we're doing with that, the cold, the cold weather and the rain. It was really challenging. No excuses. I knew what I was getting into. Love, it has never had good weather. We thought we were getting a dream when we saw it was going to be 40 to 50 with no rain. But turns out that didn't happen. Uh, The weatherman let us down. But I'm glad I was prepared. That's another learning. Always. I saw some some elite runners running in shorts and a tank top, and it was in the low forties and rain, and they were really cold. And uh, some of them I think dropped out at the next aid station after Bear Mountain, so they didn't get anything out of it. But always be prepared for really bad weather. You know, there was an ultra in China where like 20 some people died because a storm came in. It mainly killed the elite pack. Um, You gotta carry out in this race, I, I brought out my emergency Solomon jacket twice. And I, I was I was prepared for the race. Um, you always need to be prepared because either one, the forecast can be wrong, which we know that happens most of the time, or a storm can just come out of the middle of nowhere, especially in the mountains, and really uh, make things very challenging for you. And in a point-to-point race like this one, um, you could be a long ways away from help if needed. So. So always be prepared for bad weather. Wish, I hope everybody's having a great, great week. Uh, Welcome to March and uh, wish the best in your uh, training endeavors. Bye for now.